It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? You found us once again. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for episode 88. Great program lined up for you this week. As per usual, uh, guest-wise, we got the newest member of the Toronto Rock he is one half of the Noble Brothers, uh, Jason Noble, Big Red, Cornell, Team Canada, all of it. And now a member of the Toronto Defensive Player of the Year as well for Noble. And now a member of the Toronto Rock. We're going to talk to him in about 15, 20 minutes from now. I say we're, as in we are, as I will now introduce my co-host. I did it again this week. I didn't ask you what like I what you want your official title to be. I can tell him. I can tell you, he is uh, a member of the Lacrosse Flash, big time contributor. He's got articles galore up on Lacrosse Flash, do uh, with the NLL, the PLL. Uh, he's always keeping you updated on social media on what's going on with trades. Uh, the man behind the graphics, the content cowboy himself. <laughs> uh, also working with the Toronto Rock, and that's part of the reason we're having a Rock on this week. I should probably get to your name now. It's Austin Big Body Bugatti Owens on the program, co-hosting, <laughs> co-hosting this week. Uh, Audi, thanks for doing this, man. I've like we've never like shook hands in person. We've never really even had a conversation before. But uh, you are now co-hosting Lacrosse Classified episode eighty-eight. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem, Jumbo. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't had the chance to meet in person, but the connection's just there already. I can tell that uh, that intro was uh, wild. Yeah, wow. that was You're long, pretty good at this, eh? Long <laughs> it was a little <laughs> long winded, I think. But uh, no, we, we not got at all. we got you there, and we got you here. We're happy to have you, and and a great episode lined up. Uh, you do some writing. Tell well, tell you tell the people here. <laughs> what exactly you do as far as uh, your lacrosse life, your away from life? Give it all. Give them all the information here. All right, I'll try and keep this as short as possible. Um, basically, a lot of the stuff that you'll see with the lacrosse class, social uh, graphics writing, I like to have a hand in all that stuff. I'm not exactly uh, the on camera guy. I like to leave that to the uh, the good looking ones like Grady and uh, Tice. <laughs> the, uh, the, better I'll, I'll ones. The, the better looking. The better looking. The good-looking one. Oh, oh, yeah, you're Face right. Radio you're over right. Here, but thank you're you. Right. Um, so yeah, we like to. Uh, I like to just sort of have a hand in everything. So looking forward to this season, honestly, with the PLL, um, the NLL, unfortunately, coming to an end. But uh, really looking forward to what's coming next year, and the off season is going to ramp up here in a minute. So yeah, I'm uh, outside of, outside of lacrosse. I'm working with the Canadian Football League. So. Sort of uh, just a wait and see across sports right now Man. for me. I'm just welcome to my we world. Welcome to my world. No sports, no work. I don't like if I didn't have this podcast, I would be absolutely mentally insane by now. Um, how was the weekend, man? I was just up in, in beautiful Peachland, British Columbia, with uh, my former junior Adnac teammate, Ken Bryden. He's got a lovely spot up there. Took Danny for the weekend, spent a little time in the lake fishing. Uh, did did a horrible, 
horrible job applying sunscreen to the lower half of my body. I kind of waited until uh, I was a uh, little in, little intoxicated there, and <laughs> and it, I end, like I look like I got a skin condition on my legs right now because I have these <laughs> like blotchy beet red, but like it's so uneven. And then of course uh, with with my hip issues here. It's very difficult to like reach my left foot, and, and so I've been like trying to put the aloe vera on a little bit, and and now sunscreen, and I, <laughs> my left foot is completely cooked, like the top of it is yeah. just, and I can't reach it to put the aloe vera on it. So it's uh, quite the scene trying to watch me do that. But I had a great weekend, and uh, now I'm ready to, to talk some lacrosse with you. And, and Jado, what did you get up to last weekend? What's the weather like back in Ontario right now? It is, first of all, you have the skin issues with the sunburn and whatnot, but you're living in that beautiful British Columbia weather. So Can't complain. You can't, you can't complain. My family's from out there, so I know, and I need to get back out there soon. Um Ontario is, uh, it's a little hot up here. Not going to lie. It's about 35 to 40 Celsius up here. So, uh, not, haven't been outside a lot. That's not (laughs) helping with my tan. Uh, well, yeah, you can't literally been living in the basement this, uh, this last week and a half. So, you know, it's the way she goes, but, uh, yeah, it's not bad. This weekend, uh, I was up in beautiful Newcastle, Ontario, going to see my better half. And that's about all it's our weekends are sort of quiet. I've never, yeah, never, week, so. never been up to beautiful Newcastle. But uh, after we're done recording here, you can head outside, get get a little <laughs> get a little sun into you, vitamin D, and and uh, work on work on that tent. Just make sure you apply the sunscreen evenly and and do it while you're sober as um, well. I'm still a lobster, though. I just, uh, I'm never gonna... <laughs> like the 60. It's a, it's I a wear, like, struggle. The, yeah, I'm like, I, I start out with 60 and then I, I work my way down to 50 and then and then hope for the best after that. I uh, stopped trying the tan a long time ago. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Alright, Jake Elliott, Austin Owens with you here for episode 88. Jason Noble coming up here in mere minutes. But as you know, as a dedicated listener and subscriber to the podcast, I hope Austin Owens, uh, up first in quarter one is who we had. It's brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Summer is definitely here. I was out on the highways, like I said, over the weekend. Tons of motorcycles traveling up and down through British Columbia this weekend. And all those guys wearing leathers, I'm not sure where they got them from, Austin, but if they did not get them from Stampede Tack and Western Wear, something is wrong. We're going to have a problem. We will. We do. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, riding gear, hats, unit boots, jeans, you name it, whatever you need to protect you from the sun, the weather, any kind of weather out there, stampede.ca, and they got what you need. Check them out, good friends of the program. As who we had here, Austin, is when we talk about last week's four matchups that took place, and they are all in the books and man, did the voters turn out this week. Let's start with No Fear, Chris Kinnear going up against Frankie Littlejohn. A couple of hockey guys turned lacrosse players here duking it out. 
Well over 150 votes once again. And Chris Kinnear, the Shamrock, gets through here. A little help from Teddy Jenner, I think, as well, who called out to Shamrock Nation to get behind Kinnear here. But that's how it works. 56% yeah. Kinnear is moving on. And the uh, the crossbar bump there for Teddy. Yeah, huge. Huge. And and that's... I can't uh, I can't say I know a whole lot about these two. I'm just I... out of the way. Yeah. I'm part of the youth, unfortunately, so some of these guys might fly over my head a little bit. Um, but I know on the last episode you had said that uh, a guy I like a lot, Ryan McMichael, had suggested Frank Littlejohn. Mm-hmm. So if McMike's, uh, McMike's vouches for him, then okay, there's for me. there's a McMichael endorsement, uh, which gives me a, a little bit of trepidation uh, heading into quarter four. I'm but not, we don't, 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 don't spoil it for the fans here. Yeah, okay, so let's move on to fight two. Kinnear into the round of 32. And I'll tell you what, we'll we'll talk about it uh, next week. But I, I was perusing yeah. the bracket here, looking at who was made it into the second round and who's fighting who. Holy cow. Buckle up yeah. for the round of 32. This thing is going to get crazy in the weeks to come. Terry Ohm, who played for the Vancouver Berards into the 90s, uh, which I was a little surprised to learn, but this guy was about as tough as they come, but he takes the L here as Painsbury, and I think a little bump from Jimmy Else might have helped here. He got Painsbury hip to the bracket, and then Painsbury retweeted this thing out, and he comes out on top with 62%. Again, the voters turning out big time for this one. The, uh, the guys out on the island just skewing the vote here. I don't know how much I like that, but <laughs> I'll have to let Teddy know next time I talk to him to take it easy, let, give the boys a fighting shot on the other end. Yeah, couple of island guys uh, helping out, but Painsbury, uh, Daniel Amesbury, local guy out here in Maple Ridge, uh, former Berard. Yeah. So he moves on, and he is going to fight the winner of this next fight, which, Austin, this, <laughs> this thing was not even – a fight like I, I feel yeah. a little bit sorry here, but if this is any indication, close to 300 votes for this fight and this man in particular, because he pretty much got every single vote, and and that's my guy. The ch- this is who I got going to the final here, uh, <laughs> it, it on one side of the bracket anyway. That's just my personal opinion, but the champ Andrew Suter with 90. 5% gets the super KO here of Daryl Welch, who just yeah. took a beating. He's one of the guys that I can talk on because, well, fair warning, Jumbo, and I know you we know this from our chats, that I, uh, I've had the chance to work with the Ajax Rocks, so you're probably going to hear me talk about them a little bit today. Okay. Um, shout out to Ajax. Suter. Yeah, shout out to the boys, now the Oakville Rock, but thank you for keeping me around for so long. Uh, I didn't make it easy on you. But, um, but leading into that, Andrew Suter, I mean, he's a guy that always played for Peterborough and he was always just a pain in the side for anybody we were playing. I remember he's probably the best fight I've ever seen live, to be quite honest. We were playing a game up there and he fought a guy named Brandon Neesink. He used to play for Oakville. And I'm pretty sure they went probably two, two and a half minutes. Ooh. It was one of those where they were down and the refs tried to break them up and they both pushed the refs away and <laughs> just like a let them go. And they just threw. The other thing I can say about suits is if you fight him, you need a new jersey afterwards. Yeah. That's his patented move. He's going to tear your jersey possibly down to the last scene. Yeah. 
He has the little neck hold, and it's it's over. The it's Yank, over. If he doesn't the, win the fight, I don't want to give his, get a piece Yeah, yet. I don't want to give his tips away, but uh, the old yank, like he yanks you towards oh, him yeah. while he's following through with his other hand, and and like it's and I don't like I don't know if you've ever seen if you've ever seen the knuckles up close, but I I think they just like he knocks guys out because of his knuckles. I think they're just yeah. and he can take a punch right, and and that's that's what the make of a great fighter really is a guy that. Can not only deliver it, but he can take it, so he yeah. can deliver it. If you know what I'm saying there, so it, it, Suter's got every kind of game that you, that you want. So he wins <laughs> this one in an absolute landslide. Excuse me, ninety-five yeah. percent in round one, and we'll see how things progress as he'll fight Daniel Amesbury in round two. As so I'll give that little nugget away early here. Final fight here of who we had in quarter one, and, and this was a beauty, and I I screwed up the, the poll. I screwed up Ilya's spelling twice. Uh, I, I screwed up a bunch of times on this. I have yet to get through a week where I think everything goes smoothly. Like they all have the same poll time. They all end at the same time. Uh, names and um, I, I very rarely get like a graphic or anything up on flash without making some sort of mistake. So it happens to all. Yeah. I pointed out, I got you on a typo today. So there you go. Um, Brody Merrill, Ilya Geich going at it here in the final fight of the evening. And again, Orangeville here over, like 360 votes for this uh, for <laughs> Captain Brody Merrill. He won on on both polls pretty convincingly, so I split the averages down the middle. At least I tried to. That's kind of where I'm missing Evan when it comes to the math. But 72% yeah. I'm going with for Brody Merrill, who moves on here to round number two is – he gets past a tough guy, man. Ilya Geich uh, yeah. gone in round one, but that's the way the bracket goes here in the greatest lacrosse fighter of all time. A lot of good, tough guys are just gone. I honestly kind of forgot about how good of a fighter Brody Merrill is because you think about him and all the hardware that he's brought home in his career, and it's like, really, Brody Merrill? Like, yeah, I don't really remember. I know. He's on the floor so often. I know. But then, no, 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 but then you look back. Like, I, I looked up some of his fights on YouTube, and he can go, this guy. Oh. Like, you remember last year with his Matt Beers fight, obviously, but then a couple of his other fights that he had when he was with the Rush were crazy. Yeah. Like, he, you forget how big he is sometimes. He's 6'4", 200 and whatever he is. Like, he's a moose, that guy. So if you want to throw down with him, like, good luck. He's going to toss you around, and he's going to land some shots. He, like, a couple of those fights I watched on YouTube, he was leaving guys bloody. Yeah, well, him and Suits went in Minnesota, and he bloodied yeah. up. He bloodied up Suter. Like I don't say Suits lost the fight, but no. he didn't win it either. And and Brody <laughs> is is very technical when he is fighting, like head up all the time, looking to see where he's punching. And and again, a guy that's willing to take one to give one. And and man, like I. He, you think about all the accolades and how good of a player, bro. And no disrespect to any of these other guys, but yeah, I don't think there's another Brody Merrill type in the bracket where, like, man, the guy is going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, but also yeah. one of the best fighters of all time. He's the guy that pretty much held a monopoly on the transition player of the year award for most of his career but he can also fight. Like, it's it's ridiculous. I refer to Challen Rogers nowadays as a unicorn. Mm. He's like an old-school unicorn, Brody Merrill, yeah. where he can do it all. He can defend, he can run the floor, and he can score. 
but he's also going to knock your teeth in if you try and mess with him. Yeah, that might be the one thing that Challen is is not known for. Is no, I, I don't think I'll ever see Challen fight no, in his career. He's way, a little too even keel. Way he doesn't too nice. get too hot-headed. Yeah, true, true. Uh, hey, man, quarter one is done. That's how easy it is, Austin Owens. We are through quarter one. That was who we had, and now – the newest member of the Toronto Rock, member of Team Canada, a couple of world championships, former Big Red from Cornell, PLL Chaos as well. We got tons to talk about here with the one and only Jason Noble coming up right after this here on episode 88 of Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to episode 88 of Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott, Austin Owens, you just heard right there from Associated Labels and Packaging. Good friends down there in Coquitlam, Sean Ashworth and the gang. Always cranking out. They're busier than ever here after COVID struck. A lot of changes in the world we're living in. And they adapted almost immediately to serve their clients to the best of their ability. And they always do with the environment in mind. Associated LP is in labels and packaging is where you can find them. We find our next guest, I believe, in the car with his twin brother on the way to play some golf. Not sure if they're in the Ville or not right now, but it is one half of the Noble Brothers. We're talking to Jason, who just got traded to the Toronto Rock, and I want to begin there, Jason Noble. Thanks for doing this. What was your initial reaction to the trade? Did you have an idea this was coming, and how excited are you to get to go home and play for your hometown, Toronto Rock? Yeah, that definitely was a bit of a shock at first, at least. It's not something that sort of I was expecting uh, to be traded. But, uh, I mean, if you, if you look back on it, put all the pieces together, it's sort of something that, that logically does make sense for, for sort of everyone. Uh, I've grown up in Orangeville, just north of Toronto. Um, I'm working downtown Toronto as well, living right downtown Toronto. So, ideally, it, it makes sense logistically for work and all that, personal life. Uh, but it's not something that, that I had asked for, that I wanted to do. Um, but definitely I was, I was excited to when I found out that I'd be going to Toronto. I mean, Toronto's a team that I think a lot of guys in the NLL grew up watching uh, and wanting to play for. Um, so definitely that, that's definitely a plus. Uh, but uh, like I said, uh, Georgia and Minnesota were the only teams that I've known in the NLL. So it's sort of uh, kind of a bit, bit bittersweet leaving all those guys, those guys that I sort of bonded with uh, and then sort of made my second family. So it's going to be tough leaving those guys, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm someone that sort of is excited for the next chapter, excited to compete with the Toronto Rock, excited to compete at home, definitely in front of my family and friends. Um, so that's definitely uh, um, an exciting uh, point, point, and it's an exciting time for me. You're obviously no stranger to um, the Toronto Rock and playing in Toronto with all the battles that the Rock and Swarm have had over the years. Um, just looking at the roster with you, 
incoming. They have Bruce Codd leading the helm um, for the defense, and they also have a lot of young pieces. I mean, is there a certain aspect that uh, you're really looking forward to than others when it comes to joining the Rock? Uh, I think just uh, reconnecting with a lot of players. I'm familiar with a number of them playing in Orangeville or Oakville, and then also the coaching staff, Maddie Sawyer, uh, Bruce Codd. Uh, both coach me, Orangeville Junior A, Maddie Sawyer, and uh, Oakville as well in the summer. So they, they know my style. They know what they're going to get. I, I don't feel like I have to come in and sort of reinvent my game. They, they know exactly what I, what I bring to the table. So I think uh, they're, they're, good, uh, they're in a good position to utilize me for, for my strengths instead of trying to make me sort of into their system. They think I probably fit their system pretty well. So, so I'm excited about that. Just with you touched on the Orangeville guys, I mean, you know and have played with a lot of them growing up, and obviously the Rock are no strangers to having guys that have been through the Northman system. I think I already know what the answer is to this, but I mean, who was the first guy from the Rock that had reached out to you, and um, how many guys have you had the chance to talk to so far from the roster? Yeah, I've talked to, to quite a handful of them. Of them. I think uh, seven, eight of them have sort of reached out personally, uh, and a bunch of others in sort of the group chat, but uh the first ones would have been uh, Nick Rose and Challen Rogers. Uh, I know Challen, uh, he lives with me one summer in Toronto's first year with Oakville. And then uh, Nick, I've sort of been under his wing sort of ever since growing up in Orangeville, joining the junior A team. Uh, so he, he's sort of uh, the heartbeat of that team, I feel like. Uh, so I think uh, he, he was the first one to reach out, call me, congratulate me, and just to tell me how excited he was that I'm uh, finally on the same NLL team as him instead of competing against them now. Speaking with NLL champion, 2017 Defender of the Year, now member of the Toronto Rock, Jason Noble here on Locks Class. And, and the other thing you've mentioned, Jay, a couple of times is is your work life, your private life, and, and spending four years at Cornell University. I'm assuming you got yourself a pretty good degree. What is it exactly that you do um, for your other yeah. job while you're not uh, being one of the best defenders in the NLL? Yeah, so uh, I've been working at uh, TD Securities for about five years now. So that's the uh, the investment banking and securities team within TD Bank. Uh, and right now I'm the manager of the anti-money laundering team for uh, wholesale clients. Wow. So I don't, I'm sure you don't know what it means too much, but we do sort of anti-money laundering. So know your client, documentation, uh, just background checks, onboarding clients, and more of the operations side of uh the investment bank interesting stuff is that i'm assuming that's what you took down at cornell university i i took finance and marketing when i was at cornell so when i graduated i uh, actually spent a year at the hell academy coaching um doing stuff there for a while um and then this sort of came up uh, as a position just through a lacrosse networking event um and i started that i didn't really know too much about it but a lot of what i studied at sort of does relate to that um, and especially with this job that I have right now it allows me the flexibility to, to be able to travel on weekends for lacrosse and be able to play um, so I haven't missed a game yet due to work commitments getting in the way so that's one thing I really like about uh, working, working for TD they have a great work-life balance that allows me to sort of pursue both both of my passions at the same time without having to sort of give one up yet which uh, which is I mean as you as you start to get older you really start to appreciate that you're going to be taking on a new uh, sort of journey in your career with the Premier Lacrosse League coming up here in a couple of weeks in the championship series. I mean, just in terms of the rules with the PLL being a little more fit to the box system, did it just sort of feel like the perfect situation that you ended up with chaos with Andy Towers making it no secret that he loves to play that running gun style? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, the fir- first time I uh, he called me was right after I got drafted and uh, explained to me sort of how they were sort of targeting me in the first place, but knew that I might go a bit earlier. But when I sort of was available at that last pick, they were excited. And I feel like I know a lot of the guys already through NLL. The majority of them play NLL. Um, a couple of them I've played with in uh, MLL over the previous years, but I think their, their style is more of a uh, uh, not physical, but just sort of a hard-nosed blue-collar uh, in-your-face group. So, uh, especially me being a bit more undersized, I'm sort of one that's sort of not going to back down um, or anything like that. So I think I fit, fit the system pretty well that I'm sort of going to go out there, uh, work as hard as I can um, for the for the betterment of the team and not personally to try to get as many ground balls or any of that. It's sort of doing everything for the team, which I think uh, I think I suit pretty well. Speaking with to, Jason, oh, sorry, no, no worries, Austin Owens. You're, it's the first time together. That's going to happen I'm a little bit. I'm new to this. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, you just mentioned about your size, Jason. Listen, you won a, a 27 defender of the, or 17 defender of the year, so people obviously know what kind of prowess. You've made Team Canada. You don't do that without being pretty damn good at lacrosse, but – you are an undersized defender, and and like guys that are undersized on the O.N., they find a way just to kind of get it done, what works for their body type. But do you kind of keep that chip on your shoulder that you're kind of playing a big man's position, but you excel at it in your own way? Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't have to look at it totally different. Uh, it's just based on everyone's position, what their size is, what their attributes are. I'm not going to be someone that's going to knock you down, push you over, but you look at sort of even the outdoor game, the PLL, some of the guys, even uh, when I was on Team Canada a couple of years ago for outdoor, um, I was guarding Jordan Wolf, who's more of a quicker, faster type of guy. So um, I feel like that's sort of my strength as well, where you can sort of match me up on sort of different guys where it may be their second or third option, but it's someone that suits me. That's the best match- matchup. And even on the indoor game, you're not going to match me up too much against, say, like a Kevin Crowley. I might be on a, uh, a Josh Courier, for example, on, mm. on Philly to sort of match skill on skill and sort of size on size where you can so, sort of own those so, sort of matchups a bit better um, because there are there could be bigger guys that can just get blown by potentially by some faster attack guys, right? So I, th- I think uh, my skills sort of match up in different scenarios. I mean, I'm not going to dominate everyone out there, but there's sort of matchups that I think I can win based on who it is and how my skill sets match up against them. And sort of that's how you sort of need to think about it is you don't need to worry about guarding everyone. It's sort of, can you handle your matchup that you're assigned and uh, rely on your teammates to help you out at the same time. Have you ever got assigned to the guy that's sitting beside you? For, in what one? <laughs> then your brother, then your brother sitting right beside you right now. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah, guys? Have you guys yeah, ever? Have you guys ever matched up with each other though? Like, have you ever had to go head to head in the NLL or in senior or anything like that? We haven't gone to, against each other in a while. I think the last time we went against each other was, I guess, when Jared was in Colorado. We went a bit against each other, but sort of it's something where sort of I tried to avoid him a bit more than he avoided me. In university, we played against each other once. Uh, I think, I think we're competitive to the point where we don't like going against each other, but we also like try to be the best that we can be. So it's like, oh, I'm better at defense, you're better at offense, and sort of 
we sort of do the imaginary who, who can beat who. But <laughs> I think when it comes to going against each other, we sort of push that off to the side. Interesting. Just, uh, you try and avoid... Sort of a weird, weird dynamic, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, nah, gr- growing up, Jared was always sort of better lacrosse player. He would always dominate me. So when I was growing up, my sort of challenge to myself was, how can I get to the same level as Jared? And sort of he pushed me to he's a better lacrosse player than I am and sort of I think I pushed him as well to sort of be the best that he can be uh, and then since then it's sort of we don't we don't really have that competitive against each other sort of one-on-one anymore but uh, it'd be interesting to sort of see uh, like a best of best of seven yeah let's who, who take uh, that one-on-one that's interesting that you guys kind of try and avoid each other a little bit rather than uh, I mean we've seen we've seen brother matchups throughout the NLL, but I don't know if we've ever seen, like, twin brother going at it one-on-one. I, I think uh, maybe Toronto and, and San Diego need to kind of make this thing happen. And what about the golf game? Who's got who's got the better stroke out on the golf course? Oh, uh, I don't think either of us have a good stroke, so that's why we're going out practicing today. But, uh, no, I uh, I can't seem to get my drives uh, drives that good. They keep slicing to the to the left, so I'm a I'm a lefty in golf. So my goal today is to figure out my slice. And uh, Jared's just a consistent golfer. He's a, he's an offensive guy too, so he has hands to the golf. So I'm just more so just trying to power power through it. I wanted to just pick your brain real quick about um, just the Ivy League and sort of the situation surrounding lacrosse out there for the next little bit with. You having spent your career with Cornell, I mean, you know what it's like to win there. You know what it's like to play big games there, and some guys won't get that chance this upcoming season. Um, even see guys like Michael Sowers, who's transferred to Duke now because he wants to continue his collegiate career. We're not too sure what Jeff Keith's yeah, going to do with Cornell. I mean, I just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on that whole situation. Yeah, it's tough. Every player's in their own situation on how it plays out. I mean, Having the end of your sort of your senior season cut short uh, due to this is definitely unfortunate, but I mean it's something that you just have to uh, understand and accept. I guess there's no sort of um, you can't really be upset about it in regards to like personal gains. It's more sort of um, just growth and development. So everyone has their own path that they want to take. Uh, whether it's uh, playing an extra year, um, some want to st- stick with their own university. Uh, and then some are also moving, moving on to the next level to, to take jobs. So everyone's sort of different on how it was. And uh, I, I haven't actually really thought about if I was in that situation, what I would do. Um, but I mean, for, for some people, uh, lacrosse is sort of their, their passion, their calling, and that's how they want to make their career and living. So obviously extending that as much as they can is definitely beneficial to them. But others sort of have other plans to sort of get get into the real world and get get jobs um, where they may not see sort of that uh, athletic uh, lacrosse future. Um, but definitely every, everyone's past different and you can't sort of um, bash anyone for, for the decision they make. I mean, everyone sort of has so many circumstances and especially with this, it's unprecedented on what's happening. So um, everyone has their own sort of path, their own reasoning. And I think uh, everyone just at this point in time just needs to support one another for, for any decision that they do want to make. Last one here for you, Jason O, before we let you go. Uh, I know you like to wear number 45. I'm an announcer. I need to know these types of things. Uh, Damon Edwards, I believe, 
wearing 45. Yep. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, have you guys had a discussion about that? And, and uh, do you have any idea what number you will wear if Damo won't uh, give that up to you? No, I'm, I have a feeling Damon's not going to be giving that up. We're both, we both wear the number 45 for the same reason, the same reason Jared wears it out in San Diego, Dylan Ward in Colorado. Um, back in high school, a teammate of ours, Jameson Coleman, passed away playing lacrosse, uh, and he's from the beaches. So uh, Damon did know him, so that's a way for Damon to honor him. Uh, and I'm doing the same, so especially if, if Damon's wearing that jersey, I'm going to let him keep wearing that jersey. I'm not going to be fighting him for that one, okay. especially for, for the reason why. Um and I, I don't think I have enough money that could uh, pay Dave off to get that number from. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, no, definitely uh, it's going to be different not wearing 45. But, uh, I mean, growing up in Orangeville, I wore 22 all throughout junior A. I wear 22 in Oakville. So I think that number is available in uh, Toronto. So I think I'm just going to stick with that number. There's a couple great uh, Orangeville uh, legends that used to wear 45 in junior A growing up. So uh, I'm definitely... Uh, I think I might continue that uh, 22 now in, uh, in NLL. There you go, Toronto Rock fans. You heard it here first on Lax Class. Jason Noble will be wearing 22 in Toronto Rock, white and blue. Jay, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, say hi to the little duder for me. Drive for show, yeah, putt for dough, and uh, we'll look forward to uh-huh. uh, seeing you on PLL Island with the chaos here in a couple weeks. Appreciate that. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. All right. There was Jason Noble. It took two first-round draft picks, Austin Owens, to acquire Team Canada's defender, 2017 Defender of the Year in the NLL. But, man, this guy, he can shut down the best of the best when it comes to one-on-one matchups. And and to get him, I think that's what what it was going to take. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's one of those things you have to give to get. And Jason Noble is one of the premier defenders in this league. It's one of those things, and I'm sure you know it, Jumbo, is he's not exactly one of those guys that is super flashy, and you don't want him to stick out on the tape. And that's a sign of a good defender, honestly, is when you're just, you do your job, you get on and off the floor, and you shut the other team down. Yeah. And I... that's exactly what he does. And I mean, after, sorry, I'm cutting you off here, no. but after we were talking off, off um, podcast here, and we, honestly, I think as well as you that with his addition as well as their other addition, if you want to talk about that, um, I think they're arguably the best defense in the league now. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's any Mitch Disnew coming into to the fold as well. I don't think there's any question. They, they are right up there with the likes of the Saskatchewan Rush now as far as their defensive unit goes. Like, they are just loaded – up on the back end so gonna be interesting to see how teams try and figure out how to score on and then they get run too which makes them real scary so um good conversation i was a little i, I thought you know i thought you know, throw him a bone here get him to throw his twin brother under the bus but those guys are like best friends and and i and i kind of knew he was going to answer that way like oh i don't know and we've never had and and that's exactly what they did, not surprising, because I think if it's it's different, right? Like if it was just brothers, that's one thing. But when you're twin brothers, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's a that's a tough look if you throw your twin brother under the bus. <laughs> you got you could give me a, uh, at least a you know a for effort trying to trying to make yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, just 
you know, I shoot the ball pretty well. Just throw me a bone here. Just give me something. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We're going to move into quarter three here on episode 88. Good convo there with Jay Noble. But coming up next, we will go under review and we'll bring you some quick sticks as well. Keep it right here. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Box Lacrosse historian Steve Holroyd. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Going the game, one podcast at a time. Quarter three, Lax Class is back in session. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks to Jay Noble for coming on the program. Jake Kelly, Austin Owens in the co-host chair this week uh i don't know i don't really have a plan for the weeks to come i got a couple more guys in mind as far as who i might ask uh they still have to say yes which they could very well not i wouldn't blame them either way so i really don't know what uh what the the future looks like past this week but uh, a couple more surprises to come here in the co-hosting chair Maybe as we work our way through summertime, um, first up here in quarter three is a little segment we like to call Quick Sticks. Still uh, still looking for a sponsorship for Quick Sticks. I got a couple irons in the fire, uh, but if you want to hop on board the lacrosse classified train here and be a part of things, I'm open to a conversation. For Quick Sticks, uh, what do we have? The New York Riptide, Austin, have gone out and hired their new GM and their new coach. Yeah, they did. And so there's two positions that are gone, but where I'm kind of going with this is that Latticeur are no longer on the Georgia bench now. Rob Williams no longer on the Calgary bench now. Now the Riptide, they need to add a couple of assistants. If this expansion news comes in, I'm not sure when they join, but they'll be looking for a GM and coaches as well. And suddenly there's some there's some coaching and management opportunities opening up here in, in the National Lacrosse League. And these positions are going to have to be filled. And I, it's going to be really interesting to see who slots in where. Yeah, I'm uh, – I mean, Laddie always seemed like one of those guys that he – you know, the, he didn't really get a fair shake, I don't think, in Toronto. He sort of was the scapegoat for a season where the Rock really had a tough time with injuries on defense. I mean – the proof's in the pudding with Georgia. I mean, they've been fantastic. And he coaches uh, the O there, which is even more yeah. impressive. He'll be the head coach of the New York Riptide, and and that's kind of who I'm leaning towards for, for next week's conversation here on Lax Class. I think we're going to try and get the big dog, who is also in the greatest lacrosse fighter of all time tournament, uh, Danny Latticeur. So maybe look forward okay. to that. And, and I, I know a guy that you're very familiar with who – is an absolute NLL legend. Let's just say it. And and yeah. this guy kind of went away for a little bit. I'm not exactly sure what, but he's back in the NLL where he belongs, and he'll be the GM of the New York Riptide. Scoop Jimmy Veltman named the GM, and, and I love the hire. Both hires here are from Rich Lesk. You can't see it right now, but I'm smiling ear to ear. This move caught me so off guard, and I can tell you why in a sec, but I'm so happy to see Scoop back in the game, as I tweeted out earlier this week. I mean, when I we talked about this really briefly, but one of the first pieces I did for Flash was on Jim when he was having his number retired by The Rock, and he had talked about the grind of when he was with New England and coaching. He's still a phys ed teacher in 
uh, Scarborough in Ontario. So he lives in, I believe, Stouffville. He has to travel Stouffville to Scarborough, which is probably a half hour at least. Then he has to go out to New England, do all this stuff. So he was basically saying the just the rigors of having to move back and forth. He couldn't do it with his family, but now his son Chris is a little older. He's uh, he's making his push for the pro level now. I believe he's in university. So um, I mean, I guess it just opened up a little bit more for him for Jim, and I'm I'm over the moon to see him back in this league. I mean, he deserves it, and he's one of the greatest of all time. So that team. I can't tell you what they're going to do move-wise because I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen Jim try to make trades or anything like that, but he's a hell of a motivator and a hell of a coach. So those guys are going to have one hell of a presence in the locker room. Yeah, if nothing else, the man knows the NLL and knows lacrosse inside and out. Uh, heck of a player, just a great guy as well. Just joined Twitter as well, Austin. Didn't know if you knew that or not. Jim underscore Veltman, if you want to uh, follow the new GM of the New York Riptide, uh, I think Scoop's going to be on with Teddy Jenner this week on, on OTCB. Yes, so is. look forward to that on Thursday as uh, OTCB, Lax Class, bringing you the, the biggest names, the best storylines each week uh, from the NLL. Stay tuned for that. Uh, so congratulations to those guys. What else do we got here on Quick Sticks? Uh, let me see as I as I got another email while we were chatting here. Dawson, <laughs> yeah, it looks like. Dawson, one more year. Dawson, one more year. Thank you, Dan Dawson, <laughs> coming back one more year. I, yeah. I love watching the dangerous one. Hell, you're three more years. Higgy gets three years. Um, a bunch of qualifying offers sent out to a bunch of different guys as well as you start to see the NLL newswire heating up here a little bit as we head towards free agency on, on August 1st. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. And from everything that looks like it, I believe we got sort of a behind-the-scenes look at what the free agency list might look like. I don't know if it's coming out to the public, but it looks like it's going to be a good year. And we... Teddy and I were had a chat about this. It's like guys aren't really tied to used to be your East guy stayed East West stayed West. That was it because travel concerns were so bad. But now it's like you sort of get that balance out where it's like, if a team can pay you more, you can make that travel work for some guys, which is nice. So you start to see your Orangeville natives or a community like that, make it out and play for the seals say. And it's, it's nice to just see that crossover where it's not, it doesn't feel like it's sectioned off by geography. No doubt. Uh, congratulations to Self or Brad Self, who has been promoted from assistant GM to GM of the Colorado Mammoth. I like this move here from from Mr. Hutchings and, and Cronky Group. I think Selfer is is a real bright young mind that is ready for the executive level. And I don't, I haven't talked to Pat, but I I think Pat was kind of doing it to do it. I don't think he really wanted it to begin with. And uh, I like the separation here. All three of those guys will work very well together and Pat can really focus his attention on coaching, which I think that's where his passion lies. So good stuff all around there for the Woolies. Uh, congrats go out also to Mr. And the future Mrs. Deep as Steve Fryer convincing his lovely lady to say yes. Did you catch this on the, on the Instagram feed? I just saw this recently. 
I just took a look at it, and that's uh, that's awesome. I did uh, no deep for a quick second when he was in Toronto, so congratulations to him and his better half. There you go. Don't forget, WLA Podcast comes out every Wednesday as well. WLA Weekly, Burnaby Lakers are up this week. We will talk to the professor who was supposed to be the brand-new head coach of the Burnaby Lakers this summer. Uh, but, of course, season canceled, so never got an opportunity to do that. We'll talk to the rock and roll jeweler, Dane Stevens, and bar down Bobby, Robbie Church will join us as well. Look forward to WLA Weekly, Burnaby Lakers, up this week. Flash store, got to get that in there. Did a little brainstorming over the weekend about what kind of con- or what kind of merchandise I want to put up on, on the website. Uh, I think I got a few ideas Coming in hot, maybe a little Port Moody bounce pass action uh, for the creator. I'm thinking here, Austin Owens, uh, maybe a couple of my signature scenes ending up on T-shirts here for uh, the Flash store coming up. I'm looking forward to this. You send them to me, I'll try and put in a good word. I think I know a person. Okay, so I'll t- <laughs> that's you. <laughs> Uh, see this. She's she's the one that runs the scenes. I'm, like, I'm the behind the scenes guy. She she's the behind the scenes lady. She makes everything run for us. Okay. So between you and Colleen, I should be able to get some shirts up on the team store. Is what yeah, you tell absolutely. me? The stuff Lacrosse Savage is putting out is real. Um, the LF uh, hoodie with the lightning bolt, the hockey one. Yeah. It's it's super nice. It's just a dry fit hoodie. It's I really like it. All right. Uh, and if, yeah, and if you like it, I'm sure other people will as well. i got to get back on there as well. Uh, did you see this from the guys over there at Pro Lacrosse Talk? PLL Fantasy, I know. Well, I know you did because you're setting up a team for our little group here. We're going to play some fantasy yeah. lacrosse, which is kind of neat. I'm, uh, this should be fun. I am the face that runs the place over on the fantasy lacrosse side for PL, or for Flash. All right, uh, Austin Owens is your guy for fantasy at Lacrosse Flash. Last thing I got, I had the commissioner of the WA on WA Weekly last week, and he kind of dropped news on the podcast that the MSL, their counterpart in Ontario where you are at, they're talking two, three teams in expansion coming here in the very near future for the MSL. This, this kind of came out of nowhere for me, but... Yeah. I'm taking the commissioner at his word that this is very close to coming to fruition. I would be very excited to see it because, as I mentioned, you're going to have to hear some Ajax Pickering talk. I believe they were the last team to sort of make that jump up from Senior B to Senior A. I believe it was in 20, oh gosh, 2010. <laughs> it was a while ago. So it's it's well overdue for MSL. I'm just wondering how it's sort of going to work, which towns are going to take it. Because I feel like there's some towns that are sort of like junior a towns like your mimicos your orangevilles that you can't really step on their toes yeah but uh i don't know I'd, i really like to see it the only thing that is sort of unfortunate is it seems like we've sort of gotten this parody in the msl finally where you see oakville make it to the finals against brooklyn yeah working summer. yeah or, Brooklyn's doing yeah, well. I mean, and, I think it's going to go in cycles, Austin. I think, you know, Brampton, they crank out enough players where it's going to go in cycles. They're going to be good, you know, for, for years to come as well. And, and there's always going to be kind of the, the big big players and, and the not-so-big players in, in a league like yeah. that. And the same thing out here. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get away from it. But who knows, <laughs> man? Maybe if a, if a couple of new owners come in who's got deep pockets, add a couple more big players to the pool and – and see how it shakes out. So look for that. I don't know when. I just 
Think expansion coming to major series lacrosse. You heard it here first on Lacrosse Classified. That's Quick Sticks. What comes after Quick Sticks? Well, we go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review, G. Wilson Construction. Start your career in the construction business today. Go to gwilsonconstruction.com. Upload your resume. Maybe put on there, you heard it, from Lacrosse Classified. Might get you a little foot inside the door there, if you know what I'm saying. Say you heard it here. Put it on your resume. I don't know how you do it. Drop my name. Could help you. Might hurt you, for all I know. G. Wilson Construction. Dot com, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. Under review this week, Austin Owens. We're talking NLL, following up on the Atna theme, all talk, no action. Uh, the gang over there talking about it last week. The NLL, as uh, the deputy, Jessica Berman, dropping the news on OTCB that the Hall of Fame will be back in action here this coming season and it's been kind of dormant here for what? The better part of four years, five years, I think 2016, the last time yep. somebody went in. This has been a priority for the NLL. I know that. And they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, I think, digitalizing a lot of stuff, finding a proper home for the for the Hall of Fame. And they really want to roll it out in the proper fashion. But now what has happened is there's been a bit of a logjam, a backlog, if you will, of guys that have not got in the Hall of Fame in the past five years. And probably a bunch of guys in the first 30 that still haven't got in that I think need to be recognized as well. I guess what we're going under review here with is is who do you think should get in and how do they figure out how to go back and get the guys like Jake Berge or a Mark Millen or a J.J. Bear? These guys deserve to be in, but their window has kind of passed. And I don't really know exactly what the criteria or how it works for somebody to get nominated or inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if there's like a board or if it's GM and coaches or if somebody has to like nominate somebody and then that has to get approved by somebody else. So I think there needs to be some sort of process or maybe there already is. I'd like to know that process. And yeah, then I think, and then, yeah, and then we need to to not only honor the the guys that are recent that deserve to get in, but I think we need to go back into the thirty plus year history here and and have a look at some guys that may have been passed over that deserve to be in as well. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, there's certain guys that are, you know, you talk about the Hall of Fame numbers for some guys, and there's guys that were unsung heroes for their teams that have this sort of cult following with the fan base that people still talk about to this day. You talked about Jake Berge. I mean, he's one of the greatest Philadelphia wings of all time and he has his number in the rafters because of it, but he hasn't been rewarded with an NL hall of fame nod. So, I mean, guys like that, I mean, so here's have to have something in place. Here's what I'm going to do, Austin. I want you to give me, I want you to give me two guys from recent that you think should be in. I want you to give me one guy from yesteryear that should be in, and I want you to give me one American-born player that should be in. 
I can help you with the first and the third one. The yesteryear, I'm going to have to give a thought to. Okay. Um, the top two for me, and it, there's a long list. I mean, just the ones I have down, I think I have about 10 names, and they all have a case. But the top two for me, I mean, it's it's John Grant Jr. and it's Colin Doyle for me. Yeah, those are my two. I think you can put Sean Williams on that list. Yeah. Gavin Pro could probably go on that list as well. Um, yesteryear, I think the guy we were just talking about, Jake Berge, is probably the yeah. the guy that that needs to go. Reggie Thorpe, I think, is not mm-hmm. in yet. That and and he needs to get in it. See, that's the crazy part. I think like is Reggie Thorpe in? If he's not, he should be. So yeah. that and I mean Casey Powell. Not in the NOL Hall. Powell was the American that I was going to go. Yeah, for, for like sure. so. There, there's a lot of guys out there that that really deserve this, and and I'm so happy to hear that the NOL is going to swing the doors. I don't know what they're going to do, what what the plan is, but hopefully there's going to be a permanent home. People can go and and walk through. People can see this digitally through the internet. I I really hope this rolls out uh, the way I envision it, and and I think they envision it, and it's going to be a real big deal when it comes. Yeah, I hope so. I I think you need to just get a system where first, like, you're consistently putting it out because we've had this four-year hiatus now where we haven't had a Hall of Fame class. But you have something like the NHL, which has, say, a number of years that you're eligible for this. If you don't make it in, then so be it but right. then you have say a 10-year window where you have that chance and also i think you need to i believe there was a stretch of years where there was only one inductee and i mean sometimes it's valid other times i mean you have guys retiring every year that could make a case i mean dan dawson and brody merrill are coming up sean evans in the next couple of years uh, those are just off the top of my head of guys that have hall of fame resumes i mean dan dawson and Brody Merrill and Sean Evans are probably all yeah. Hall of Famers. Yeah, so you're right. I think there's there's like there needs to be kind of a, a logbook or a playbook on what the criteria is. How like like you just said, how many years of a window? How many guys can go in each year? Do they have the builders category? All these things. I think there needs to be like a laid out. This is how it works, so people understand it, and and then like you said, be consistent with it. So and and like what they used to do, if I'm not mistaken, is they would hold it with the draft. So they would have the draft, yeah. and then the following day they'd have the Hall of Fame induction where everybody was there. And and I don't know if they can get back to that, or they, if they want to make it a separate night, or maybe they do it surrounding the finals. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I'm sure much smarter people who make a lot more money than I do have have these answers in place. And and I'm just glad it's going to happen. Yeah, it's I I hope it's just something where it's like like some years I, I get it. Twenty fifteen was Terry Sanderson. I'm just looking at it now. There doesn't need to be another person in that category because of sure. Terry Sanderson's unfortunate death. Um that makes sense to me, but there's a couple of years where it's uh there was three years from twenty eleven to twenty thirteen where it was only one. It was a goalie. Uh Bob Watson, Chugger and Pat O'Toole were all in. All deserve to be in, but it's just weird seeing only one person inducted. Yeah. Unless it's a great like even John Tavares last uh, the last time was inducted into the Hall of Fame but he wasn't inducted by himself like the 2016 induction was TK Josh Anderson and JT <laughs> and that's one of the greatest <laughs> Hall of Fame classes of all time yeah, just, let's be honest with ourselves yeah that's ridiculous when you think just about it silly yeah yeah um 
So I think if you have something like maybe even if it's just two or three guys, like it doesn't need to be this like where the NHL has like six or seven, no. say like five or six inductees. You can do a couple a year, and that at least checks some guys off your list. Yeah, make a night of it. Uh, maybe do it around the awards. If you if you yep. smell what I'm cooking here, Austin, you have the awards <laughs> night, you have the Hall of Fame night, and yep. and you make a big deal out of it. And and I hope uh, that they do that uh, coming here. I don't know where it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be in Philadelphia somewhere, but we'll just have yeah. to wait and see. All right, quick sticks under review. Quarter three is done, and that means that there's only one more quarter to go. It's the best one. It's the last one. And we get to play another round of who you got four last fights, the four final fights of round number one. And a familiar voice might just be in <laughs> one of them. We'll let you know on the other side as episode 88 of Lax Glass rolls on here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is PBL athlete Zach Courier of Team Canada Lacrosse, the Calgary Roughnecks, and Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lax Class. Quarter four, no more breaks. Thank you to the Vancouver Warriors who sponsored the podcast here. Of course, uh, they handed out their awards a couple of weeks ago. Mitch Jones, top scorer, top defender, Matt Beers, unsung hero, Tyler Codron, rookie of the year, Derek Lloyd, MVP, Mitchell Jones. No surprise there. I know uh, the team was out at uh, Golden Eagle there a couple of weeks ago having their golf day. I think they shot a little commercial out there as well. Uh, uh, extraordinary Dave Sheldon with the hole in one out at Golden Eagle. Uh, still have yet to confirm that, but uh, it says it's true, so i got to believe him. Quarter four here, Stampy Tax, who ya got? And uh, this is the final four fights of the opening round here. Then we're into round number two next week. Holy cow. This is going to be fun. Uh, like I mentioned back there in quarter one, riding gear, hats, jeans, boots, shirts. Austin Owens, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that you have never been on the Stampede.ca website. Is, am I correct in that assumption? I have taken a look, actually. Okay. Good to so, know. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, what do, it, What do you think? Tell me what you think. I. I'm very impressed, honestly. I had to um, I had to mosey on out to uh, Calgary. For oh, mosey! I, 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 I like what you did there, mosey. I see what you did there. I was uh, I was looking for a bolo tie, and I uh, ended up finding the one I needed, and I got a lot of compliments on it. Dove. Oh. The, uh, there you go. At the Great Cup. Bolo so. tie. Just a, one of the many, many things that Stampede Tack and Western Wear carries. Bolo ties. Stampede.ca. 
Shopping online is still shopping local. Get your bolo ties uh, out there in Cloverdale. <laughs> New store hours as well. Check them out, stampede.ca. All right, four fights remain here. Let, I, uh, now, full disclosure here in this final quarter bracket, one guy liked a tweet at Lax Class, and when he liked it, I looked at his name and went, how did I not have that guy in the bracket? So I, I made a late switch. Uh, I'm not going to even tell you who I took out, but this guy is in Brody Burkhoff, who this <laughs> spent a little time out here with the bellies. Uh, what is he, a Burlington guy, Audi? I believe this so. guy, little, I, I yeah, think off the top of my head. Spent a little time with Six Nations, I think, as well in senior. This guy is a mean SOB. Likes to fight guy for sure. And he's going up against, well, a guy that I think could chop through an oak tree with his bare hands. Out of Prince George, <laughs> Jeff Molesky. Brody Burkoff and Jeff Molesky squaring off here. <laughs> Austin Owens, who you got? Oh, jeez. Um, let, let me know who you've got. No, no, no. That's not quick. how this program this, this works. Out. That is not how the program works. <laughs> if you do not know who you got, you get out a trusty coin and you flip the coin. All right. Hold on. I will I will pull up. Burkoff is tails. Molesky is heads. All right. Just flip a coin. We have heads. Jeff Molesky, Big Mo, you are taking. And uh, I'm taking the former stealth player as well, former roughneck Jeff Molesky. I've been up close and personal with Jeff Molesky, not not in a physical fight, but just kind of, you know, like handshake. when the guy shakes your hand and you just know, yeah. like, my God. <laughs> so Jeff Molesky is my guy, but Brody Burkhoff, you get a late entry into the bracket, and you never know. You got a puncher's chance going up against yeah. Jeff Molesky. All right, fight number two. Man Cup champion, I think three years in a row, Six Nations Chiefs. Spent a little time with the North Shore Indians out here as well. We actually had a pretty spirited go back in, I want to say, 99, maybe uh, out there at North Shore. Der- Grammer, Derek Graham. Going up against a guy that used to be the all-time leader in NLL penalty minutes until Billy D overtook him, and Kyle Laverty. And and truth be told, I do not remember Lavs fighting a whole lot. But I thought to myself, like I can't not have the number two minute penalty guy of all time in the sixty-four man bracket. So he's in, and he's fighting Derek Graham. Who you got? I've got to go with Laverty. Um, I might. I don't. I also don't want to pick because all of these guys would beat me into the ground. <laughs> you so can't. This, you I'm can't. I'm sort of hesitant to do who you got to start with. They're not fighting you, Austin. They're fighting each other. You don't have to work. Thank yeah. God for that. Um, uh, Laverty. I mean, I just. I I remember those old Rochester games where they played Toronto, and it was always Bonterre. Laverty, I mean, those guys are just absolutely 
bad guys. Like, yeah. You do not want to go up against them. Okay. So I'm going to take them just for recency. All right. You take Kyle Laverty. I will take Derek Graham just because I have personal experience with him. And he had some, like, yeah. real thick forearms on him. And, and uh, he did not lose too many fights. I think I beat him. But he did not lose too many too many fights. Who, uh, who was your best fight? Jeff? Oh man, like my, like what do you mean my best? Like a guy that I just who, destroyed, or did I have like the best? No, who, who, who did you have the best go with? I this can be a really and a guy that probably not a, a lot of people will know, and it, it was a guy named Jamie Bailey who played. I wanna, mm-hmm. I wanna say for the Thunder. This is Okanagan Thunder, I think, during that that era. And and he just kind of caught me off guard. He didn't play a whole lot of defense. He just stood in there and threw, and so did I. And I don't know how many he soaked, but probably just as many as I did. And and we both walked out of there with a couple of black eyes and a bloody nose. And and uh, you know we gave a pat <laughs> pat on the top of the head after it was all said and done. And okay. and I think a beer in the bar afterwards as well. But uh, yeah, I think I want to say Jamie Bailey. I fought much tougher guys than him, but I think he he gave me a real good scrap. So there you go. Um, so I got grammar. You got Laverty. We got two fights down. We got two fights to go here on who you got. Now, full disclosure here. This is the other adjustment that I made here. And uh, got a little DM from the crew dog, Rusty Kruger. And he said, uh, I might be mistaken, but I haven't seen Mike Coyle's name in the bracket yet. And, and to be Truthful, I did not have Coily's name in the bracket, but I did have Lax Life's Chet Kinesny. And I said, listen, I got Orangeville coming out the yin-yang in this tournament already. <laughs> I said, should I bump Chet for Coil? And Crude said, no question about it, ask anybody. And and I actually played a year or two with Mike. He was kind of at the end of his fighting career then. But scary dude. And and one of those guys that, uh, you know, he played with, like, the old football face mask and just, you know, he'd stand in front of shots and block them. And, 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 he, would, and he would fight you. So I asked Rusty, I said, Cheddar or Coily? He said, go with Coyle. So Coy- Mike Coyle, you are in the tournament, living out in Hope, British Columbia now, by the way. And he's taking on Dane Michaud. And I've watched Dane fight a lot over his career, and I have not seen Dane Michaud lose. Maybe Rory Smith, the only guy to kind of get the upper hand on Dane Michaud. This guy was just an ox, and no fear in him whatsoever. Like the fight guy as well. Going up against Mike Coyle here, Dane Michaud, Mike Coyle, Austin Owens, who you got? I mean, you sold me on if he can hang in with Rory Smith. Man, Dane Michaud. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, guy's a truck, man. I, I got to go with my guy, Dane, too. I, I got a whole lot quick. of respect for Mikey Coyle, no question about it, and his brother Pat, for that matter. But uh, I think I'm going Dane Michaud on this one as well. I, yeah, I think maybe he just, yeah. he just a little split decision, but I think he gets the job done. Okay, Austin Owens, three down, one to go here. <laughs> And here we go. So, like I mentioned when I first made this bracket, I did. I just started dropping names in left, right, up, down. But 
the three fights that I manufactured were the two goalie fights. Obviously, I wanted the, the four goalies fighting each other. And then the guy that I'm fighting coming up here. So it's me. It's me. I'm, I am fighting Scotty Psycho McMichael here in round number one. Now, I did this intentionally just because of my, my good buddy Ryan McMichael. This is his father. Legendary scrapper Scotty Psycho McMichael of the Brooklyn Redmond. Like, famous. Okay, so. Legend. The way I looked at it like this. picture up in the arena. Retired jersey, all of it. Like lit up Queens Park one night, I'm told, has had some of the best fights you've ever seen. So with all that being said, I I would encourage a fight between me and, and Scotty McMichael. <laughs> I would like to test my skills against Mr. Psycho. Unfortunately, that will never happen. But with all that being said, I figure this. If I lose this fight, I wanted to be in the tournament. If I lose this fight, I have absolutely no shame to losing to yeah. Scotty McMichael. You can gracefully bow out. There you go. But if you want to drive Ryan Uncle Frick McMichael absolutely berserk, then just vote for me. <laughs> So there's your choice. You you maybe and who knows? Maybe you actually think I could beat McMichael. Maybe I could. Who knows? We will never find out. But now the choice is out there. You either vote. You're essentially either voting for Ryan McMichael's sanity or for him to go insane. That's that's what we're voting on here. So Austin Owens, who you got? Jumbo. All right, you're you. picking me. You said no. my name. No. Oh. oh. Wait a minute. I got a bit of a ramble. Okay. So, I have never had the chance to see Scotty McMichael fight in person. Unfortunately, I know he's an absolute legend in Brooklyn. He is the Brooklyn Redman as far as I am concerned. He is unbelievable. I had the chance to be with Ryan. He was part of the Ajax team that I worked for, and I love the guy. And obviously, I've seen both the McMichael boys fight live. Um, and I would like to think that their father was just as crazy and fantastic as fighting as they are. So I'm sorry, Jumbo. Okay. But hey. I got to go with McMikes. Also, McMikes is probably going to come. He lives just up the street from me. Oh, well, so there, that, ex- have, that he's explains gonna let me it. Know if I yeah. don't vote you for don't, him. you don't need a 3 a.m. knock on your door from a. <laughs> Ryan McMichael in his wheelhouse. Okay, so you're t- – well, man, I don't know I don't know who to pick in this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who to pick in this one. Maybe I'll, I'll – This is an interesting situation. Maybe I, I've never been in this situation before and who you got. So I think uh, we'll just leave it to the coin. I'm Tails, McMichael's heads. Here we go. McMichael comes up with heads. So I personally will take – Psycho McMichael in this fight. Again, all these votes are going to be put up on Twitter. Cast your vote for yours truly, your beloved host of Lacrosse Classified that brings you the best content each week. The man you tune in for week after week here <laughs> and has put this tournament on for your listening pleasure 
or you can vote for the other guy. That's it. <laughs> Austin Owens, you did it. You're done, man. We uh, we completed episode 88. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> yes, guy. Thank you for having me on, Jumbo. It was a long-time listener, first-time caller. I had a lot of fun. You'll be back. You'll be back. No question about it. Big thanks to Jason Noble for coming on the program. Our fabulous sponsors for their continued support. Please support my sponsors. That's how you support this podcast, along with maybe voting for me in the best lacrosse fighter of all time. Stampede Tack in Western Wear, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, and G. Wilson Construction. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at LaxClass on Twitter. You can email me at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com if you're not on social media. I am at PXP for sports. Austin Owen is at underscore Austin Owens. Underscore Austin Owens. Don't forget wherever you listen to your podcast just hit the subscribe button and it gets delivered straight to your phone every single week for austin owens i've been jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator we'll talk to you next time here on lacrosse classified on lacrosse flash podcast network be healthy and be safe everybody